Dickey. I'm Tony Dickey, agent from Remax here in Bimbrook, Ontario, Canada. And Joe, there he's coming on in. And there he is, Mr. Genoa. How are you? Make sure you're not muted. Perfect. I was just telling everybody, I am the geeky agent from Remax here in Bimbrook. And Joe is actually one of my neighbors right here in Bimbrook as well. So we're both out here in Bimbrook working away. And Joe is actually has a physical office location at our Winterberry office, the same one I'm located at with uh, Mission 35 Mortgages. You're located in a few different locations that we have at Remax Escarpment. Uh, We have this uh, RE in the square or Remax in the square idea where we try to be the one-stop shop for people in real estate with lawyers and mortgage brokers like Joe. Thank you for joining us today, Joe. I really appreciate it. Hopefully this is the first of many events that we can have here together and try and answer people's questions, educate them about the mortgage market and all that sort of stuff. Why don't you tell people about yourself? What's your background? Like you're, you're at Mission 35 right now. Um, what's your background? How did you get into mortgages? Like what, what were you doing before this? Um, all that stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, started my career with RBC, actually. I did, um, oh, cool. I was a personal baker for personal financial services representative, I think was the title, did that for about three years, then uh, decided to specialize in mortgages, went to Scotia, uh, mm-hmm. became a mortgage underwriter. So it was my job basically to approve or decline mortgage applications for Scotia Bank clients. Mm-hmm. Then I went on to Gemworth Financial, which is now called Sagen. So same role, uh, senior mortgage underwriter. So High ratio mortgage applications would pop up in front of me, and it was my job to approve or decline them. Then I left mortgages for a couple of years, the dark, the dark ages, I call it, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then uh, and then became a broker uh, about four four years ago now. So, okay. yeah, now I'm on the other end. Now I'm the guy trying to get the mortgages approved instead of the guy that approves or declines. That was approving. That All right, there you go. Well, everybody's got to do something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, um, I, I've uh, full disclosure, just everybody like I know Joe, we've worked together quite a bit. He's actually taking care of a number of my clients, uh, some of them in tough situations as well. So uh, he's one of the resources that I rely on on a regular basis, even just to talk and ask for advice. Uh, and we are going to actually talk about an example of a client that we just helped out. Because today, I think what we're going to do, kind of Joe and I were throwing around ideas. Um, we're going to ask some general ideas about what's uh, going on in the mortgage market in the, in the housing market right now. But the two main things I think that are really relevant for people right now is uh, or are uh, refinancing their home. Uh, people are looking to get access to the equity in their home for various reasons. And what's that process? So we're going to talk about that. And bidding wars, offer competitions. They keep hearing about them in the news everywhere. And that's kind of one of the examples that uh, Joe helped me out with that we're going to talk about a little bit towards the end. Uh, But everybody wants to know how to get ready for something like that. How do you win these things, right? And Joe and, and his team play a very critical role in helping myself as an agent representing buyers to make sure that they're in a good position to win a bidding war should we find ourselves in that position. So, um, Joe, we're going to talk about that. But again, the question I'm sure that you get asked a million times a day and probably hate hearing is like, what's the rate? What's what's the rate right now? What's the best rate right now? And kind of thing. Give us an idea, like what's happening in the mortgage market. I know the Bank of Canada just made an announcement the other day, I think, about yeah. their, their holding their, their overnight lending rate steady. Um, like what's happening in the mortgage market? Like what kind of rates are you seeing? Cause I mean, everybody knows they're crazy low right now. 
Um, but yeah, when you're getting these requests from people, like what do you see is happening in general in the mortgage market right now? Yeah, so rates uh, rate is not as uh, as simple as it once was. Mm-hmm. Um, the rate that you get varies um, greatly depending on the type of mortgage that you need, right? So there's there's three types of mortgages. There's high ratio insured, there's conventional insurable, and there's uninsured, right? Mm-hmm. So the best rates are the high ratio insured, right? Those are your GenWords, Sagen insured, CMHC insured, mm-hmm. whenever your down payment is less than 20%, right? That's where you're going to find the crazy low rates, right? You might find something in the one sixes, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes lower depending on if there's like a promo. Um, but remember on those mortgages, you pay the, the insurance, right? Right. So those are the people, like you mentioned, that they're, they have less than 20% of the purchase price as a down payment. Um, and as you mentioned, somebody like a Genworth or CMHC is insuring them. Um, right. That's a pretty standard thing. So the lenders um, get insurance from these third-party companies to guarantee the mortgages, basically. Exactly. Uh, so that people have an a- easier access to home ownership. That was the idea. But because right. they're being insured, um, those lenders are willing to give you a little bit of a lower rate. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Right. Yeah. So basically on those insured mortgages, the lender has almost no risk whatsoever because if, right. if for some reason the mortgage goes belly up and they take a loss, the insurance mm-hmm. company covers the losses. Right? right. So that's where the banks are able to offer these low rates and they're, you know, it's a very safe investment for them. So that's, right. that's high ratio. Now high mm-hmm. ratio mortgages are also very difficult to qualify for. Sure. Right. So you, so automatically purchase price has to be a million or lower. It has to be a purchase. Can't be a refinance. Um, uh, and, um, it has to be a 25 year amortization, which, which will drastically lower the amount of money that you qualify for. But of course you got to pay that premium and the premium is not cheap, right? It's, um, Mm -hmm. 4% of the loan amount if you put 5% down. So in reality, your APR, like the amount of money that you're actually paying on that mortgage is actually the interest rate plus the premiums. You're like, realistically five, six percent. Right. Yeah. So, and that's basically, like you said, it's like buying insurance, right? So you're, you're exactly. paying that extra premium. So if your mortgage was, uh, let's say $300,000 um, and you're paying that 4%, that's an extra $12,000 that gets tacked on to your right. mortgage for, you know, keep the numbers easy for people. Exactly. Cool. Well, so hold that's on. A high the, ratio here's stuff. the thing though. Mm-hmm. I just want to be perfectly clear. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think high ratio mortgages are amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Because Nobody has a hundred thousand dollars just lying around to put twenty percent down. It's become a very difficult. Yeah. Like it's impossible, you know, unless you have parents that, that'll give you money or you're mm-hmm. incredibly good at saving. Like if you're yeah. a few years out of university, you just don't have that much money. Yeah. So, so first time you know, buyers is it's difficult. Like a, right. It's like an initiation fee almost. Yeah. It gets you gets your foot in the door. Yeah. But so yeah. you're seeing those big down payments usually on people on resale. So they've already had a property or two. And they've built some equity. So now right. they're able to move into that other category. But yeah, for right. first timers and or people that haven't been in the market for a long time, like, like you said, to, to save $100,000 in after-tax income, have it sitting aside somewhere, waiting to put down on a house is a challenge to say the least, right? Like exactly. man, that's extremely difficult and very rare. Like if we no. find first-time buyers that have dollars $30,000 for a down payment, that's, yeah. that's amazing. It's right? amazing. Yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing, and I know, I know we're supposed to be talking about rates right now, but huh. you know, the clients that I had, uh, you know, that bought their first house maybe a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, right. and they managed to scrounge up 5%. Mm-hmm. 
and they, you know, maybe bought something for like 400 grand, right? Mm-hmm. Today, they can sell that house and have 20% down on something that's like seven or 800. Yeah. Right. It just, yeah. just goes to show you like, yeah, you paid that premium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had to like, you know, maybe even put yourself uh, in debt a little bit, right. You sure. had to like stretch yourself thin a little bit to get that house, but now they can easily yeah. put 20% down on something really expensive, get a 30 year amortization. Yeah. Interest rates are lower. So now mm-hmm. they can have the same payment, but have way more house. Yeah. Right. And again, like you said, it depends on how the interest rates fluctuate and all that sort of stuff. But it's the property ladder. And we've discussed it here on the lunchbox before. But yeah, you get your foot in the door. Um, you build that equity in the home that like you're paying down equity yourself, plus the, the property is appreciating. At least it has been for the last 10, 12 years in, in the Hamilton Burlington real estate market. Um, even if you're only getting that average, I mean, prior to this crazy market, uh, you know, an average appreciation was in that three to 5% range on an annual basis, right? That was steady growth with inflation appreciation. And then the last, you know, five, 10 years, we've seen 15, 20%, 22%, 17%, like crazy markets happening there. But basically the idea being, like you said, you build up all this equity. So that $400,000 house that you purchased, maybe now it's worth 550, 600,000. So you take all that equity plus your original down payment, plus whatever you've paid down, and now you've got a much bigger down payment that you can move forward. And like what I tell most people is a lot of times, like you said, you do get more house um, at a higher price, but you end up with roughly the same monthly mortgage payment because now you've got that bigger down payment and the interest rates have come down. If the interest rates plus the third the thirty year amortization makes it and you can you can move to the longer amortization. So you can basically an amortization you can take whatever you owe and just spread it out over a longer period, right? So that your monthly payments are lower. Absolutely, yeah. So that these are the kind and these are the kind of things like when I refer people to a mortgage broker or a mortgage professional at a lender. These are the people like Joe that I look for because they can explain these things to people because there's a lot of people that don't understand how this how that works. Um, so they just don't know how to advise people properly. But that's why I rely on people like Joe and the people at Mission 35 to to educate us. And that's why they're in our office because they do such a good job. So that's why that's a shameless so plug. Thank I mean, you. I'm not getting paid for this saying, but but I do rely on you're pretty uh, cool yourself, Tony. I know I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely. Like I do, I look for people like that. I don't get referral fees from Mission 35 and stuff, just so people know. Like if I refer you to them, I don't get paid or anything. I refer them because it's uh they're professionals that I know I can rely on. They're gonna get good advice and they're gonna get helped. And that's really what we're looking for. Um so let's move on a little bit. So we talked about the high ratio stuff, and then there was the conventional, which was the second type. Oh, sorry, high ratio, then conventional insurable. Conventional insurable is exactly the same as high ratio insured, right? In terms of getting the rates or? Meaning, sorry, qualification. Qualifying, okay. The only difference is that um, you're putting 20% down. Right. And there's no premium. So so what what, what a conventional insurable is, is basically instead of the, the, ins- the insurer like CMHC or Genworth, like instead of them insuring just one individual mortgage. Right. Right. So if that one mortgage goes belly up, they'll pay the losses. Right. What they're doing is they're mashing them all into a portfolio. So you might have like a hundred mortgages in one portfolio. And if the portfolio as a whole takes a a hit, then the insurer will cover the losses. So, so, Mm -hmm. um, so you still get those really good rates. So typically uh, those types of mortgages are the cheapest. 
because you get the high ratio rates right. uh, or close to the high ratio rates, but mm -hmm. you don't have to pay the premium. Right. Right. And then you get, uh, and those ones you can amortize for 30 years with those as well. No, you can't. 25. Still 25 years. So okay. that's, that's kind of like the catch, right? A lot of people, sure. uh, a lot of people need the 30 year amortization because prices are so high. Like it's yeah. difficult to qualify. So we kind of need that 30 year amortization. But yeah. if you're the type of person where, you know, you're on your second house, you've got a ton of equity, you've got a mm -hmm. massive down payment on the next house. Yeah. And you, you know, you, you're at a stage in your career where you're making lots of money. You easily mm -hmm. qualify for 25 year amortization. That's yeah. where I get my clients like insanely low rates. Cause you know, yeah. you've sort of, you've earned it in a way. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're, and yeah. you're talking, like I said, the reason that you're looking to get the 30 year, some people need it is because yeah. they need to keep that monthly payment low. Cause then we start talking about debt service. Right. right. Cause now it's like, can you afford, like you've got a good down payment, but, you know, based upon your income, like how much money you got coming in every month, can you afford to make the monthly payment on the mortgage and right. your property taxes and your heating bills and your, you know, life in general kind of thing, right? Well, you know so that's why I, people I, appreciate I, that 30 year just to kind of spread things out a bit, right? I think the, the affordability, mm -hmm. I think affordability is never, never really an issue. Like it's very rare that a client says to me, oh, I don't know if I can make that payment because right. the the government, um, you know, introduced the stress test, right? So right. basically, you know, just to use some rough numbers in order to get a mortgage payment, that's say 1500 bucks a month, you need to be able to afford $2,000 a month, right? That's right. essentially what the stress test is. So mm -hmm. the, there's a, there's a buffer built in by the government. So yeah. So you're not overextending yourself. Exactly. Now, the reason why 30 years helps is because it helps you qualify for more. Right. Right. You know, 25 and 30 years might be the difference between like a $650,000 house and an $800,000 house. Right. Okay. If yeah. you need an $800,000 house, you got kids, you need room, like that 30 year amortization helps a lot. Yeah. And 800,000 is not what it used to be no. <laughs> in terms of how we know here in Bimbrook, like we're seeing, uh, we were just talking prior to coming on. There's about, you know, there's a little over 5,000 homes in Bimbrook in total. And yeah. there are four. One, two, three, four for sale <laughs> right now. So if you want to come to Bimbrook, um, I can definitely help you. But we're going to be fighting with a whole bunch of people that want to move here because it's a great spot. Like there's brand new schools here or next to the Love conservation Bimbrook, area, maybe. all that kind of stuff. But there are literally four, I think maybe five, if I checked this morning, five properties for sale in all of Bimbrook in this in the this little corner of Hamilton here. So and there's a lot of people that want to move here. So those prices, like we were saying, that $800,000, um, the house that I purchased and I built here uh, with the builder with Losani Homes back in 2007 was a 2,200 square foot home corner lot for about $300,000. And that was a lot at the time. That same house today or similar ones to it here in Bimbrook, they're getting listed for about $850,000, $900,000. And that's about... 13 years later. I mean, that's not a huge amount of time. So like I said, that 800,000 doesn't quite go as far as we used to think it did. Um, so anyways, that's, that's the conventional insurable mortgages. And then you've got the conventional non-insured, right? Or am I correct? Right. And so what, what happens? Sorry, in that uh, high ratio insured, right? Conventional insurable. Yes. And then the last one is uninsured. The uninsured, yes. Uninsured. So uninsured is where everything else falls, right? Mm -hmm. So 
that's where you have your 30 year amortization. Uh, you got 20% down payment or more. Equity lines of credit, equity plans, your uh, alternative lenders, B lenders, right. private lenders, uh, mm-hmm. everything else falls into that bucket. So mm-hmm. in, in, in uninsured territory, refinances, right? right? Very important. You could do, you could only do refinances uninsured. Um, so that's where everything else falls. That's where the, the vast majority of, of mortgages falls in the uninsured market. Mm-hmm. Still great rates if you qualify with a a lender, yeah. um, but like, but they they are typically the the highest of, of the three. Right, right, and by so highest, like, high ratio, like you're you might be as low as the one point sixes, right? Right. Uh, uninsured, you're probably going to be in the one point eight, one point nine. Yeah. So it's, yeah, right. so we're not talking about doubling the rates or anything like that, but there is no. a difference there. Um, that make, and it does make a difference over time for sure. Exactly. Um, okay. That's awesome. As a, as a primer. Um, so let's talk about getting into the first category, right? So nowadays, like everybody's looking at their homes and that we've had this incredible growth in prices in terms of a home. So people have equity sitting in their homes. Um, they want to access that equity for a lot of different reasons. Like some people will want to, uh, you know, for renovations on their home. Uh, some people will, you know, in, in unfortunate some circumstances, they have bills to pay that they can't keep up with. So they want to access some of that equity if they can. Uh, some of the people will access that equity to purchase a second or a third property, like a rental property, uh, possibly a cottage or something like that. Uh, and there's, so there's a whole bunch of different reasons why people would want to potentially tap into the equity built into their homes. What's the process? So if I brought someone to you, they've already got a mortgage. Like let's use the same example we were talking about. They bought for four hundred thousand their house today. If they get an appraisal or they get an agent like myself to check it out, tells them like, yeah, the market value is about six fifty, right? So we've got our original down payment. Like say we had twenty percent down uh, because that's what we need to move into to get access to some of this stuff, and we've grown about two hundred fifty thousand in equity since we purchased. What's the first kind of conversation you have with people who who want to look at something like that? Say they want to refinance to, uh, you know, like we've seen out here in Bimbrook, people are getting their driveways paved, they're finishing their basements, so they have some extra room now that their kids and they're are at home and they're working at home. Um, so they want to do some renovations in their house. What's the first kind of conversation you have with people? Um, great question. Um, I, I I kind of I always start with the numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, what's your home worth? What does Tony say your house is worth? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, figure out the the amount of money that we can get out of the home. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we can get a couple hundred thousand out of a house, then, okay, this is what your new payment would look like. Are there any penalties? Can we avoid the penalties? Right. Uh, so I kind of start with numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Once, once a client has an idea of, of what their new payment is going to be, then mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of gives them the green light. It's like, okay, all right. So my new payment's gonna be twenty two hundred. I can easily afford that. All right, now I can go do what I want to do. Right. So whether it's uh, a renovation or uh, consolidating some debt or it like purchasing another investment property, which is a phenomenal idea. I could talk for hours about why that that would that would mm-hmm. uh, help you so much in your life. Um, or even like if you want to, I don't know, put money in the stock market or something, or GIC, not GICs, God no, uh, mutual funds, right? Um, you know, take a hundred grand out of your house, pay one point eight on it, and and mm-hmm. earn five to seven percent uh, in, in a mutual fund portfolio. There's a mm-hmm. 
there's a million different ways that, that you can use money and it's so cheap right now. It's just mm-hmm. practically- so what's the actual process like then? So uh, we figured that out. Um, yeah. Like we've got the ability, like say I have the ability to take a hundred thousand from my house, yeah. but like, you know, I'm thinking maybe I'll just take 50, right? That's right. kind of what I want to take. That's what I want to use. Um, what's the next step? Like, what do I have to provide, uh, like T4s or notice of assessments or what, what kind of stuff do I have to come prepared with, um, for you at that point? I say, okay, Joe, here's the green light. We're going to borrow an extra 50. What's the next thing I got to do? It's a great question. Uh, okay. Here's, here's a list of important paperwork for people that want to apply for mortgages. How about that? That's that great. That works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, if you are employed, right, meaning you're yes. a salaried or an hourly employee, paste up letter of employment. Um, and if you're an hourly employee, ideally, you want to have two years T4 slips as well. Okay. Because we don't have 2020 T4s yet, right. then I would say your last paste up for 2020 and your 2019 T4. Right. right. Um, if you're self-employed, uh, T1 generals. Notice of assessments for a couple uh, past two years, business mm-hmm. registration, and or articles of incorporation. Uh, if we're using an alternative lender, so for those self-employed mm-hmm. clients who don't qualify with the banks because they don't show enough income on their tax return, which is pretty much ninety percent of self-employed people, uh, and we're going to an alternative lender, then business bank account statements for the last six months to a year, uh, so we can show healthy deposits going into the account. Right. Uh, and then, you know, your pensions and all your other stuff, right. Is basically your T4As, um, right. T slips, all the T slips. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's pretty much it. You know, for a refinance, we don't need, you know, like a purchase, we need offer to purchase. We need MLS listing, all that stuff. Of course. Yeah. We just need income verification. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's fair. That works. And that's again just for your you know general when you're doing a mortgage application or anything like that. That's kind of the stuff that you need anyways, right? And just showing that you're making income and where it's coming from and all that sort of stuff. So that's cool. Um, so let's move on a little bit and we'll get into the last little bit today because we don't want to be here forever. Um, but like bidding wars, offer yes. competitions. That's what everybody's kind of hearing in the news all day long. This house sold for a million dollars more than asking and everybody's going crazy. This one had 45 offers on it. Um, so, and again, you've helped me recently. Like we were involved with one with a couple of first time buyers um, and there was a property in the central mountain and we were competing with, uh, I think in total at the time, uh, it ended up being eight offers in total. Um, and there's a lot of things that go into that, right? So when I, when you talk to them, you kind of went through kind of what you just mentioned, like getting them pre-approved. So they had to provide a bunch of information about, you know, where, what kind of income and down payment they had. Right. So then we talked and you came back and said, okay, well, here's what you can afford. So we got all that done, started looking for properties. And so we knew what range they could be looking in right because if you're going out there not knowing that ahead of time you're not working with me because <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. just a shot in the dark at that point and like we need to know so everybody that i deal with goes and sees someone like joe first to say okay here's your income here's you know your debt service and all that sort of stuff and here's what you can qualify for right exactly. um so we did all that with these clients um and then so if i'm coming to you like i did and i said look we're going to be offering on this property. 
later today. Um, can you have a look at this and let me know what, what kind of position we are in? Because when you get into that bidding war situation, like a lot of people have heard, um, you, it's hard to include a condition for a home inspection because you're competing with a bunch of people that are willing to not do it. And so as a seller, you'd be like, well, that's a much more firm offer. It's less risk for me, so I'll do that. So from my end, I will take people ahead of time if I can, or if the seller's provided a pre-inspection. And so we'll get all that done beforehand so we can eliminate the home inspection condition because we've already done it. Then it comes to the financing condition. So normally we would include a condition that says, you know, we'll do this, but so long as we can get uh, our mortgage approved. So my clients are already approved, but what people don't often realize is the second part of that is that the property needs to be approved because the lender doesn't want to give you a million dollars for a property that's worth 200,000, right? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Uh, so there's appraisals involved. There's underwriters, like I said, Joe, who's been an underwriter for a while and did all that sort of stuff. So when I came to you and I said, look, Joe, can you have a look at this? And I sent you the information. Like, what do you do? Like, how do you come to the conclusion and come back to me and say, you know what, guys, green light, go ahead. You don't need the financing condition because this meets these parameters. Like, what what do you do with that? So, um, so first of all, I mean, before you even send me the MLS listing, I pre-approve them, right? So, of course. I can't tell you how many times um, someone has re referred to me and they said, I'm pre-approved for 400000 And I'm like, okay, 400000 like mortgage amount or purchase price? I don't know. Right. Okay, 400000 with a 5% down payment, with a 10%, 20%, 35%. I don't know. They just said 400000 Okay. Yeah, well, that's not good enough. You can't, we need to you can't put in a firm offer and you don't, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. so step one is pre-approve them. Like do a, do the, do the full underwrite, right? So Mm -hmm. I collect the income verification. Um, I, I verify their down payment. I make sure exactly how much cash they have available. Yeah. yeah so you're is doing there a the co-signer full... available? Is there more money available? Can you get a gift from family? All this stuff. Yeah. Right. So we're not, we're not talking about going on a website and getting a five second year pre-approved. <laughs> right. No, we're talking about the full. Let's talk to somebody no. and figure out where you're, where you're at. Yeah. So uh, a, a big part of what I do a big part of what I do is, is I build confidence, right? Mm -hmm. So in the realtor, in the client, everybody, like I, I gather the paperwork, I look at it, I review the credit bureaus, I do all that stuff. And I say, listen, you're good, right? Your mm -hmm. purchase price is 700,000. You've got this much money down. You're fine. Don't worry about the mortgage. Just find the right house, right? right. That's a big part of what I do now. For yourself, like when you send me the MLS listing, mm -hmm. um, now it, it gets more specific, right? right? So before you put the offer together, you're like, hey, Joe, how does this look? Certain things that scare lenders away, and because mm -hmm. I worked as an underwriter for like, I don't know, eight years or something, uh, mm -hmm. I know what to look for, right? I know what to look for in, in, the, in the writing, you know, little things in the MLS that, that could potentially scare a lender away. Mm -hmm. And then I can also say, okay, well, the listing price is 599 Mm -hmm. uh, you can actually go up to 800 on this property if you wanted to, mm -hmm. right? So that now they know, okay, we're in a bidding war. I can go mm -hmm. way higher if I, if I want, I could win this thing easily. Right. right. I don't have to worry about a financing condition. Yeah. Right. So, um, another thing that I think a lot of people forget about, uh, I feel like I'm giving away all my secrets here. Tony. <laughs> 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 um, 
Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, think a lot, I think a lot of people forget about is, is the deposit, right? right. Like if you're going to put in an offer and you mm-hmm. can say, Hey, I I'm putting down my deposits, $75,000, $50,000. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. And, and it's firm. It's cash. Oh geez. Mm-hmm. Like this person, this person's all in. Yeah. Right. And, and that's how you, that's how you know better than me. That's realtors. Like mm-hmm. if it's got a, there's, there's a stack like this. Nope. Nope. Oh, $50,000 deposit firm, a hundred thousand over asking. This one in the Navy file. Yeah. The deposit. And yeah. So we, people don't understand, haven't been doing it for a while. Like when we submit an offer there, like Joe mentioned, there is a deposit that we supply. So once the offer gets accepted within 24 hours, we submit a deposit. Uh, That deposit gets held in trust. And so it doesn't go anywhere. It's held in trust. If you have conditions, there's a whole other story, but if you're, um, uh, submitting a firm offer that deposit. So like Joe said, if we're, if you're giving $10,000 or $50,000, it gets held in trust and it gets put towards the purchase price of the house. So like I said, right. if you're buying a house, that's $800,000 and you put it a $50,000 deposit, you owe another 750,000 plus whatever other taxes and stuff might apply. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, people, when they see that um, it comes into play because it's an extra security for the seller. Because if the buyer, for some reason, if you give a firm offer and they were to get cold feet, let's say, or try to get out of the deal somehow and, and breach the contract, the 99 times out of 100, that seller is probably going to claim that deposit for themselves just in it for the aggravation of you breaking the contract. So they'll end up with 50000 in their pocket. Um, and it's a lot more difficult for a buyer uh, from the seller's perspective. It's a lot more difficult for the buyer to walk away from a $50,000 deposit versus like a $2,500 deposit, right? right? So that just gives a little bit extra security to the seller. So they know, oh, like you, like Joe mentioned, these guys are serious. Like they're, they're, they're not, this is what they want. They're playing, they're not playing games here. They're ready to, to move forward here. Exactly. Absolutely. And then the down payment too, again, that kind of comes into it because one of the things that we kind of get concerned about is if, if an appraisal is required, um, that like, because prices are changing so rapidly, um, Sometimes the appraisers aren't up to speed as to what's happening in the market. So sometimes there's a shortfall. Uh, like the appraiser might say, like, I know that you guys agreed to pay uh, 600000 for this property, but we only think it's worth, I don't know, for 580000 So there's a bit of a discrepancy there. But if you can take your down payment, so the deposit's one thing, but then you have your down payment and shuffle it around a little bit and still qualify for the mortgage, you might still be able to move ahead with your purchase. And these are the kind of things that, that Joe would be able to tell us up front because we would have right. these discussions. Like we get together and like your personal financial information is confidential with Joe. Like I don't get involved yeah. to know any of that sort of stuff. So we don't, we don't trade that information back and forth. What we do is talk about strategy in terms of submitting this offer. What's, how do we move forward? How do we put our clients, our mutual clients in the best position? And again, um, we don't generally like to go if it's 500,000 up to 800, like Joe mentioned, <laughs> we try to not do that, but you know what? It's, it's, it's based on what's selling in a neighborhood and, and what people are kind of missing with all these stories in the news is that a lot of times, unfortunately, the list prices that you're seeing on these properties, there's a lot of lazy agents out there that just price properties, a hundred, $150,000 less than what they know the neighborhood will sell for. Cause they know it's going to get a lot of attention and 
then they can, when it actually sells for like the neighborhood price, like it's not a crazy price. It's selling for what's selling in the neighborhood, like what all the other houses are selling, but it makes the agent look like they can pump up their chest and say, I sold for 150,000 more than asking, <laughs> but they were, you know, 150,000 below a reasonable price. So that was, that's what they do. And, unfor- and it's an unfortunate part of our business. So we do, again, this is part of the education process that we we go through with our clients, right? Just to let them know. And, and you know, like I said, Joe and I talk about the market all the time. He's in my office. So we get to actually see each other and talk about trade ideas. And we're in an off a very busy office with some high producing agents. So we're, we know what's happening. We're hearing the stories coming from all over the city about like, here's what's happening in the West end. Here's what's happening in Ancaster. Here's what's happening in Stony Creek. And you know, like the, the I just came back from a bidding war. There's like 45 offers on the West mountain. <clears throat> so we're hearing all these stories and, you know, we take all that in and then we kind of advise our clients accordingly, right? I mean, that's that's what we do. Exactly. Um, so I do appreciate you sitting in, Joe. I know we've been here for a bit. I don't want to take all day with everybody. This is just a little lunchtime, quick little thing. Do you got any, uh, I always like to pump up a local business. Uh, last time it was Deadly Grounds Coffee out of Toronto and stuff like that. I know your wife does some stuff out here in Bimbrook. She's sure. still working on like, yeah. go ahead, knock yourself yeah. out, man. Let me, uh, I'll put you on screen all by yourself. <laughs> Pump up your wife. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, so my wife, uh, uh, my wife owns a dance studio in Bimbrook. It's called Broadway Bound Studio. Um, it's very challenging times right now, um, but we're still operating. We're doing everything online and she's, uh, she's a soldier, man. She just, yeah. she keeps chugging along. And uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you need dance lessons in Bimbrook, yeah, my wife can certainly help you out. She's really good yeah. at what she does. Absolutely. You know what? I will tell you this. Before I even knew that that was your wife that operated that studio, um, I heard nothing but good things. So this is not me blowing smoke. Uh, <laughs> when I found out after the fact that that was your wife, that was just a bonus. I was like, oh, it's fantastic. But yeah, no, uh, all around Bimbrook and stuff like that. If you're in the yes. area or if you'd like to, Bimbrook's like 10 minutes away from Rymel and Upper Centennial. Yeah, but we're not oh really God. that far oh, out. So if you're in that Stony Creek Mountain area or, and you're looking for a good dance studio for your kids, your sons and daughters and want to come out and learn, learn how to dance and stuff. That's a fantastic spot. My mom lives in the building upstairs. Oh, does she really? Yeah. Like I said, she's oh, moving soon, that. but she, yeah, she lives up there. She's been living up there for about six years. So oh, I used to pass by that sign every day long before I knew you. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> I see the, the mom, their families coming in and out and doing in, all their stuff Denver, and everybody's happy. In Bimbroke, I'm known as Dana's husband. Oh, there's Dana's <laughs> husband. <laughs> well, you know, that's what happens. Yeah, we we take a that's back seat. Good. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. You know, uh, I remember when I first had my kids too, and the in-laws come over to visit, and they, they come in the front door and they just go right past you and go find yeah. a kid like you don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It I happens. can't go to Fortinos without somebody recognizing her and talking to her. And I just kind of stand behind her and smile and nod. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Smile right. and nod. That's it, man. That's what we do. We push the carts and hold the purses. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> All right, Joe. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Hopefully, um, like you, you mentioned a few other things that I think maybe we'll come back in a future date and kind of yeah, touch sure. on some other stuff. Um, just have these sort of educational moments during lunch hour for people if they got any questions. Uh, how do people best get in contact with you? What's the website? What's the email? What's the phone number for people to get in touch with you guys? Sure. It's just, it's my, uh, my website is my name, joegianola.ca. Gianola spelled G-I-A-N-N-O-L-A. joegianola.ca. Uh, you'll find me uh, at the Winterbury office, Remax Escarpment Winterbury office. And now I've just been, uh, 
I'm also in the Queenston office as well now. So I'm oh, okay, kind of splitting cool. my time between both offices. Cool. Uh, I don't know. I'm on Facebook, Joe Gianola Mortgages. I'm on Instagram, Joe Gianola Mortgages. There you go. And uh, that's pretty much it, I guess. I'll put all the links in the in the comments below. If you're watching yeah. this on YouTube, it'll be somewhere on the screen here and in the comments. So you'll be able to find Joe nice and easy. Um, get in touch with Joe, even if you just got some basic questions, just getting started. You know, maybe you're planning on uh, doing something in the next six months to a year. It's always a good idea to check where you're at, do a, like, a little temperature check as to where your credit's at and uh, maybe some advice on how to improve your credit if you need to. Uh, so you can get yourself in a position where you can eventually become a homeowner. And that's, sure. that's a fantastic. So again, thank you, Joe. I'm sure Thanks I'll see you me. around soon and have a, have an awesome day, man. Thanks buddy. Thank you very much. Ciao. There you go. That was my good friend and, and uh, colleague. Not really. He doesn't work at Remax. He's a business partner, I guess, uh, from Mission 35 Mortgages, Mr. Joe Gianola, G-I-A-N-N-O-L-A. If you're looking for joegianola.ca for access to Joe and all his contact information at Mission 35 Mortgages. And if you've got any general questions or if you're looking to get approved, looking to refinance, looking to um, maybe redo your mortgage and get a, a slightly better rate, like rate and terms and good terms and conditions and all that stuff. You want to make sure you're not in for a huge penalty if you happen to uh, have to end your mortgage early. And again, if you're in the Bimbrook area and you want a dance studio, Broadway bound dance studio, Joe's wife, Dana Janola runs the studio. She has for years. And I, I am not kidding. I have never heard any bad things. I've always had some really heard really positive reviews long before I even knew Joe. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for an amazing dance studio, you know, things are actually shut down temporarily, but they are doing online lessons and all that sort of stuff still. And once things open up, I know that they are very careful to be uh, uh, safe and healthy and clean and all that sort of stuff. So everybody can participate and get some exercise and learn how to dance. I mean, I could use a few lessons myself. So maybe I, it's not exactly for adults, but maybe uh, I'm sure I'll go have a beer with Joe one day and we'll learn how to dance in his garage or something. I don't know. Who knows? But thank you all for tuning in. I do appreciate it. Um, this is Tony. I am Tony, the geeky agent here in Bimbrook, Ontario, in the furthest southeast corner of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I am the geeky agent with Remax. I love you all. I really do. I hope you have a great weekend. And I will talk to you again next time on The Lunchbox. <laughs>